0: 676 and the Pew Bibles uh, 750 and the reading is John chapter 14 verses 25 to 31 page 1676 on the large print and 750 on the Pew Bibles 25 to 31 that's the end of the chapter all this I have spoken while still with you but the advocate the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happened, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay.
1: Good morning, everyone. The second reading is 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, reading from verses 7 to 18, can be found on page 802 in the small print Bible, and 1796 in the large print Bible. 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 7 to 18. But we have this treasure in jars of clay so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Thanks, Bruce and Bruce. Sounds like a group of lawyers, doesn't it? Oh, accountants. Oh, yes. Oh. Well, I didn't know I think of that. That's why I need you guys pray and then we'll look at the passage that Bruce just read not the other Bruce that Bruce (laughs) Heavenly Father we thank you for your word we thank you that it provides comfort for us in our lives and we ask Heavenly Father that your Holy Spirit will help us to apply it to our own personal circumstances and encourage us to continue to live as your people. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A slogan in an old advertising announcement said, get away from it all. And if we had a choice, we would want to get away from the difficulties at work, the relative that's causing us grief, or the struggles that we might be having in our ministry. Life in this broken and divided world is messy and we cannot do what Yes Minister chose to do. They built a hospital and the minister wanted to put people in it and Sir Humphrey said, no, don't put anyone in it, that'll spoil everything. We can't do that, can we? Paul had his physical ailments... We don't actually know what they were. Some people think it was arthritis. Others think it was gout. Others think that it was an eye issue. And one naughty commentator thought it was his mother-in-law. So as we turn to chapter 4, we are reminded that the gospel we have is in verse 7, We have this treasure. The treasure is the truth about God and the Lord Jesus Christ in jars of clay. So we as people are seen as jars of clay. Paul is making a contrast here between the goodness of the gospel and the treasure that is with our broken bodies. And the treasure actually shows out of us because of what we are like. It's a contrast too to the people who were saying, if you are a follower of Jesus, you will triumph and have no difficulties. And Paul then makes a real contrast again by saying in verse 8, We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. First of all, he says, we are hard pressed. The great Australian cricketer, cricket all-rounder Keith Miller, was also a fighter pilot in the Second World War and he was once interviewed by Michael Parkinson and asked about the pressures of test cricket. He replied that that there was no pressure in test cricket. Pressure is being chased by a Messerschmitt. And so, it's true of us all, isn't it? isn't it? We would prefer to get away from some things and some people and we are hard pressed but it says to us that we are not crushed that we know that we can go on, that this thing will pass and then then he says not crushed perplexed perplexing. We often don't have the answers to things. What am I to do here? What is the right thing to do, especially when we're dealing with people? I don't know. The word perplexed means to be at a loss, to be at our wits' end. We just can't fathom it out at the time. It might be a decision we need to make and we're not sure. But Paul says to us that we are not in despair. Why are we not in despair? Because we know God, we know Jesus and we know that he has it worked out for us and that all that we decide to do will, in his good time and in his good purposes, be best for us. For we cannot see the future, but we know the one who controls the future. Thirdly, says Paul says he was being persecuted. Obviously, he was not the rector of St Peter's East Linfield because there are no persecution of the rector here, let me declare. But he's saying that he was being pursued like an animal, And that's what happened in Paul's ministry. He would go and tell people the gospel, that you are saved through faith and trust alone, in Jesus alone, as we looked at last week, and nothing else was to be added. And people would come into the church and say, you've got to believe in Jesus, but you've got to keep these Jewish laws. And don't take any notice of Paul. He's a hypocrite and a renegade. Don't pay attention. And sometimes we might feel as if the world is against us. But Paul says that he's not abandoned. And that's why I had the first lesson read. We are reminded there that Jesus had gone away. He died, he rose again from the dead, and instead of staying here, where he could just minister bodily to people, he left and his Holy Spirit came and it dwells within each one of us. And we know that God is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. And it does make a great difference, doesn't it, when you're going through something and somebody else is there with you in it. Someone who knows the way. Someone who has experience of people and circumstances And can see what should be done. Yes, there may be some persecution. But we are not abandoned. God has promised not to leave us. And lastly, Paul says, he was struck down. The word to be struck down actually comes from combat. Where you would attack somebody with a knife or an axe or a sword and strike them down. But Paul says to us, struck down, but not perishing. Which brings us back to John 3.16, doesn't it? For those who believe will not perish. This my life, life may come to an end, but we won't perish. And so he makes those contrasts of what's going on. And so the question comes to us is, how do we cope? In our church at the moment. We're thinking about our way forward. What shall we do? How shall we do it? It's occurring in our with the rectory. How do we go about that? How do we fund paying for it? All those issues come, but you have your own family situations with difficulties. Paul gives us four things to hang on to. Yesterday I saw a little girl in a T-shirt and it said, Think happy. And I thought, that's that's a good sermon illustration for tomorrow. And you can only think happy for a while, can't you? And then the things come back again, don't they? I thought, yes, that was nice. But it doesn't solve things, does it? Where do we go? Paul gives us four things. First of all, he says this. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Now, this is a good verse for most of this congregation here. Because most of us are wasting away. I don't know what I'm going to say to the evening congregation, who actually yet have not reached potential. I've got a, Heather and Shauna have given me some hints on that. We are wasting away, some of us. But there is a truth here for all of us, whether we are four or five, or four hundred and five we are being renewed day by day paul says to us and we need to take courage and that's the background to this that's what paul is saying that we do not lose heart in other words take courage is the idea of losing not losing heart we are being renewed romans 8:29 says that we are being conformed to the image of God's Son. Now you might not think that that's happening, but if you would like to turn with me to Rome to Colossians chapter three and verses eight and nine, this is what should be happening to us. It says this. I'll read from seven. You used to walk in these ways, and before it has listed a number of things, but he says this. But now you must rid yourselves of such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self. So if that's happening in your life, if you're able to control your temper a bit better... If you're not being malicious, if you don't slander people, if you're improving in not telling lies, then you're actually, this is what is a practical application of what Paul is saying about being renewed. And if you turn over the page to verses 12 and 13, these things are listed. Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's who we are, Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. So if you're finding that it is easier to forgive than it was five years ago, if you find that you're a kinder person than you were ten years ago, If you find that you're more gentle than you were 50 years ago, then what has taken place is the truths of the verse. You are being renewed day by day. That is actually what God made us for. Here on earth, we are to be like Jesus. Sometimes... Our earthly ambitions get in the way of that. But that's what he's on about. That's where Paul keeps his focus. And then he says this, for our light and momentary troubles, in verse 17, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. We are reminded here that Problems on this earth are short-term. I do not think that Paul is in any way making light of the sufferings that people go through, in ministry or in life in general. But he calls them light and momentary because he contrasts them to the eternal glory that the followers of Jesus will inherit. Earthly suffering is described as light in comparison to the value of heaven. Momentary troubles are compared to eternal glory. There is, in this passage, a connection between how we endure and how we will enjoy heaven. Not one moment of pain is wasted in regards to heaven. We do not lose heart for our troubles are producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Thirdly, he said to us, we are to fix our eyes on what is unseen. Now that is difficult. Because we fix our eyes on what is seen all the time. We have to. You can't drive the car with your eyes closed. You can't read with your eyes closed. We can't do lots of things until, unless we focus on it. But Paul is saying, yes, focus there, but look beyond that. Think of what there is. He says to us because what is seen is temporary, it will pass. Holden motor cars are gone. The Holy Roman Empire went on for thousands of years and it is gone. The Chinese Empire is gone and the British Empire is going, even Harry is leaving. But God's kingdom will never fade away. Just think, who knows when the world was made, billions and billions and billions and billions of years ago? Who knows? And Jesus comes, and it'll go on for billions and billions and billions and billions of years And we will be part of it. We will be in that perfect place called heaven where there is no pain, no suffering, no tears. It will have all passed away. And we will be with those whom we love who love the Lord Jesus. And so Paul says, focus your eyes upon that. One of the best examples in the Bible, in regards to people who had doubt and suffering, is John the Baptist. Some of you will know John the Baptist was a cousin of Jesus. He started a ministry and he said, Jesus is to come. I'm here to tell you that he's coming, he's coming, the Saviour is coming. And so John is faithful to his cousin and teaches him, teaches people about him coming. And then John does a terrible thing in regards to career advancement. He tells Herod that he is an adulterer. Not a good move to tell the king that he is an adulterer and he's put in jail. And while he is in jail, Jesus' ministry gets underway and John sends his disciples and says, I'm in jail. This isn't working out the way I expect it to work out. Are you really the one? Or do I look for someone else? And that happens with us, doesn't it? A difficulty arises. And we think, does God love us? Is he in control? Is he working things out? Doubt and faith... Go hand in hand. While we are here on earth, we will never have perfect faith. But then another shocking thing happens. Herod has a birthday party. His stepdaughter dances. Herod is so pleased. He says, you can have anything. She goes to a mother. She says, the head of John the Baptist And so John the Baptist is beheaded. What is God doing, you may ask, as I do? Here is someone who has been faithful to Jesus, who has gone before him. And doesn't God want his kingdom to be extended? Why wouldn't he just leave John the Baptist to get on with his job? It seems meaningless, as does much of our suffering. Why should those three children and that woman be killed by a husband who obviously has mental health issues? It seems meaningless. And yet, John the Baptist is in heaven. This earth comes to an end and life goes on eternally for those with a faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. We would like our difficulties to go away and we can pray so and sometimes God in his mercy takes them away. But there are times when we are left with them. How do we hope cope? Do we just be happy? No. Paul says to us, take courage. Remember, you are being renewed day by day. Remember that our difficulties will go away and there is an eternal glory. Remember to fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen. I'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We pray that you might have spoken to each one of us this morning, wherever our needs are. Help us to be comforted and encouraged. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're now going to centre our thoughts around the Lord's Supper. I'm going to lead us in, uh, in that. And we are reminded as we take of the bread and wine of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ,